guys, welcome back again with me, Vela in 699-67. So, first of all, I want to say sorry because I post my podcast for a long time. And because it's about, I have, you know, like I have a exam and I have, you know, like a body with my university stuff, something like that. And that's why. And after that, uh, I meet someone special amazing and we're gonna talk about the Indonesian culture especially wayang or papa and she's my friend she's she's not from Indonesia she's from Russia but study in England and she's a art performer and papa designer too and so I mean like she's very amazing and we have different conversation when we talk and knowing about the papa and so yeah okay Uh, let's start our podcast right now. Enjoy. To be here, thank you for inviting me. I'm Valeria. I'm a performance designer, currently based in London. I was born in Russia, mm-hmm. and I lived in the Balkans for half my life. But yeah, I'm currently traveling around Southeast Asia and doing some research on puppetry. But yeah. Okay. Mm. So uh, actually, you're from Russia, right? Yeah, originally. So I was born there. My parents are Russian. So yeah, <laughs> technically. Yes. Uh, so you study in London or? Yes. So I'm currently studying in London. I'm in my third year now. I'm going to start my third year in September at Rose Bruford College, which is a performance-based mm-hmm. university. Wow. So it's specifically for performers and performance mm-hmm. makers. So lighting mm-hmm. designers, performance designers, theater for social change, different types of performance like European theater arts, American theater arts. Um, so yeah, it's just solely wow. specific for performance. There's no mathematics or kind of architecture. Wow. <laughs> it's just performance. So yeah. That's- Whoa. <laughs> that's really amazing. I know, like you have a beautiful story in your life oh, as you. a young girl. <laughs> okay. Oh. So actually, just just you know, like looking for you know, like re- do something random on Instagram. I just know some poster, and badly I just know you after the, one day after, and then you just go to Colombia. I mean, like Cambodia, and it's yeah. like, oh shit, man! I don't really reach out to you in real life, and I just know that you have research on uh, in Yogyakarta, and I know about asphalt. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, like a big puppet that you have from Russia, right? And then, yeah, and hopefully that I can meet you in real life. So yeah, but you know, <laughs> this this kind of the the uh the goal a chance that mm. I have because I can uh speak with you right now. Thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, it's a shame we can't meet in person, but yeah, I was in Jakarta yeah. one day before I came to Joe's mm-hmm. puppet residency. Uh, but I'm sure we'll meet again. I'll come back to Southeast Asia. I'll come back to Jakarta. I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm waiting for Indonesia is amazing. Okay. Indonesia is amazing. So, so what do you think about the Indonesian Jakarta? Your experience? I just saw your his a story on hike like Instagram. You said that that everything is can be transported by motorcycle in Jakarta. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh no. So I did this residency with Paper Moon Puppet Theater. Mm-hmm. They're incredible guys. They do amazing stuff. So they're a contemporary puppetry company, and I was with them for a month. And they, uh-huh. while well, they were working on a bunch of their commissions, I was doing the residency. They were helping me out, 
because I would mm -hmm. I had done a full scale human puppet before, so this was my first mm -hmm. doing something like this. And I went there to mm -hmm. learn. I didn't go there to like exhibit stuff. I went there to have an experience and learn some new skills and do some research, interview people. I found it absolutely amazing. I mean, the puppetry scene in Indonesia is so diverse. It goes from very traditional wayang to very abstract and contemporary. Yeah. And mm -hmm. sometimes you mix, which I found so, so cool. Like I spoke to a dalang who mixes wayang with hip hop. And that completely blew my mind. So I I had a mm -hmm. great experience, and yeah, I felt very welcomed, and I love the people. Very sweet, very nice. Very Thank nice. you. Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah. it's a long experience. Okay. Really, that could be a whole yeah. other. Yeah, you stayed in Indonesia for one month, right? Yeah, 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 a month exactly. So not enough. I think I need to come back. I definitely need to come back to Bali. So, okay. Again, don't forget to call me back and you can meet in person. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to talk about uh, your life right now. And so the first question is, uh, I really want to know about uh, your perspective about art. I mean, like there's so many uh, cho uh, choices for uh, art. I mean, like there's some music, there's our painting, there's a make making statue and everything. And what do you uh, what your perspective about art and why you choose uh, to be uh, become uh, as a puppet designer sorry <laughs> oh that's a great well it's a good question especially about perception of art i mean that's a mm -hmm. really long conversation but to put it shortly i think art is a necessity that's where i'm at at the moment in my kind of artistic journey because i've realized mm -hmm. enough that humans cannot last without art would be miserable because we're so curious as creatures, we're eager to learn all the time. And art is such a good tool for us to explore life and be able to feel and explore feelings on a spectrum from ecstatic happiness and love to just complete misery and theater, where, which is where I work. And that's my kind of sector of art. Theater does it so, so well, because I feel like verbal, um, like literature and verbal of descriptions don't often achieve that effect emotionally as opposed to arts and performing arts and music uh, so yeah that's I think that's why I chose to be in performance design and then later on in puppetry is because it really helps people understand each other and understand life and storytelling is such a wonderful thing to do in life and I was always very passionate about it and I obviously I grew up in a very traditional country so I grew up in Russia and there was a lot of folk and tales and things like that so I grew up exposed to that kind of thing quite a lot in my childhood and I kind of carried it on into my adult life into my career so yeah that's I think mm. puppetry in particular I did I just recently started being interested in puppetry because performance design is such a wide field mm -hmm. it could be dance mm -hmm. opera all sorts of things but recently I kind mm -hmm. of started drifting towards performance for young audiences design for young audiences exactly. mm -hmm. and that also includes puppetry so that's where I started to explore that at first because London has a, such a vibrant puppetry scene as well yep. the performance is amazing so I've met quite a few puppet makers and puppet masters on my kind of, when I was exploring what I want to do in performance, I didn't know 
well, I still don't, <laughs> I'm still looking, but that's where I kind of found puppetry and it's magic because it's got some kind of enigma about it, mystery that nobody can really mm. understand because it's something, it's an inanimate object that is made to seem alive uh, by the human body, which is a really interesting way to perform. And it's such a deeply rooted traditional practice as well. It's ancient, it's so old. I think it started in the fifth century BC in ancient Greece. So it's one of the oldest theatrical practices. And yeah, so I just find it fascinating. So did you spend uh, time when you when you try you spending time uh, with the puppet? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So how yeah, long do I spend on one puppet? Or is that? What do you mean in the way of making yeah, like, like when, you, when, when you when you when you try? Did you really like uh play with the puppet or you know like your your parents just saw you about the puppet and tell you about everything about the puppet? That, so the way I think I first saw puppetry in Russia, because Russia is also very huge on kind of mm. that aspect of performance is very developed in Russia. And my parents took me to a lot of kind of children's shows. And that's, I did wow, really interested there. Uh, but I kind of, I walked away from it for quite a while and I completely forgot about that area of performance until I moved to London and about six months ago, I kind of rediscovered it again. So that's mm -hmm. that's kind of where I got it. Ah, I see. So I just wanna know like of the many designs that you have on that, uh, is there a favorite actor or puppet that, that you have? I mean like your special puppet and become your friend and who is he or her? Maybe you can tell us your favorite actor. That's, it's a really, it's a good question. I mean, I've, I respect any actor I've worked with and I'm absolutely just, mm -hmm. I don't know how they do it because it's so difficult. I'm not a performer, I'm more of a maker, but people who perform mm -hmm. are absolutely amazing. I mean, actor, so just acting would be Mia Jerome. She's a London-based actor um, and she does children's work quite a lot. And I worked with her this December, um, mm -hmm. Goblin Theatre. And she's just, her energy is amazing. Sometimes it's, that's mm -hmm. so much more than being so, so skillful, but the energy is amazing. She is skillful, she's incredible as an actress, but her personality is lovely, she's great to work with. In terms of puppetry, mm -hmm. the latest project of Handspring, Handspring is a puppetry company from um, South Africa, and they did, oh. yeah, they did a touring project called Amal the Puppet, and Amal is oh. a massive uh, puppet of a girl from, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, Syria. So she's uh, she kind of walks on a journey of a refugee and she tours around different- Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know about that issue actually. Yeah, 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 Lisa Amal. Yes. So mm -hmm. she came to London this November and I went to see it her with a few of my colleagues and it was the most incredible experience because it brought together such a huge community it was in Deptford yeah. London which is very diverse area so there are many nationalities mm -hmm. present there um some of some of the people are refugees some of the people are not and it's just such a vibrant event when she came mm -hmm. she went up the mm -hmm. Deptford High Street and there were children there was a marching band there were adults everyone came to see her and that was 
really big wow moment for me in puppetry that it doesn't only have to be for children and it doesn't only have to be mm -hmm. a theater space. It could be anywhere and it could be a global project like this, like I'm all the puppets, amazing. So yeah, that's probably one of the most incredible ones. I've so seen. how do you get such a, okay, uh, sorry. So <laughs> so how do you get such a Im imagination about that? I mean, like about the character, how can, like, what do you imagine about? And I don't know. Well, where do I have, where do I get my inspiration for my projects? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's a great question. I think mostly when I do personal projects, so projects that mm -hmm. are just me without having mm -hmm. someone tell me, pay me for a commission, do a specific project or collaboration, because usually those are particular to a director's vision or a producer's vision. When I'm doing a personal project, I'm very inspired by my culture. So Russian kind of folk tales, fairy tales, that's where a lot of my characters come from. I often take traditional characters that are seen in old kind of fairy tales and I make them relevant to modern day dialogues because often you can find the patterns in children's stories happening in historically and in adult lives. So that's where that usually, yeah, that's kind of where it is. But it really depends. Sometimes it, I just get inspired by something I see when I travel in Jogja, for example, when I was making that puppet of Aisol. So I was making her torso out of a birdcage because in Jogja, they sell birdcages along the street. So I drove by on a motorcycle and I saw those birdcages and I thought that it could be a great structure for a puppet. So it's a mix of things I bring with my own style, my own background, and also on the, it depends on the environment that I'm in, so the location. Uh, but yeah, because I travel quite a lot and I've lived in three different countries over the course of my life. So I'm an immigrant twice <laughs> and all of those countries have impacted and shaped me in some shape or form. And that's kind of where, yeah, that's kind of it. Mm, awesome. Like, okay. So I have like, another question. And so what the biggest challenge that you uh, have faced while, while introduce, uh, introducing puppet? Uh, in your country, I mean, like, uh, um, uh, me as Indonesian person that I know familiar with the puppet, we call it Wayang Kulit. If you know that, Wayang yeah, Kulit. Yeah. And 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 I have so many times watch it in Yogyakarta and Solo, and then it's like there's you have a struggle to uh to show about the puppet in your country or with your environment. Mm, I just, yeah, I mean, I personally I always struggled with the act of presenting my work. So presenting a puppet, the actual acting action part of it. Uh, and I usually, the audience is usually fascinated with any kind of puppetry, not only my puppetry, but puppetry of any kind, <laughs> because it is a really interesting performance discipline. Uh, but yeah, performing is challenging for me. I did like try quite a bit and I studied movement. I studied choreography and just, principles of puppetry, because to make a puppet seem alive, there's a certain way you need to move your body to make that. So I, I struggled with that. And I kind of then shifted towards the more making, designing aspect of puppetry. So the visual part, which I'm a lot more comfortable in. I do love to challenge myself with the, you know, movement and practice and acting. But yeah, yeah my, <laughs> and my kind of interest really lies in the visual aspect of it, but also the 
research that connects to puppetry. Um, uh -huh. During my research, I the only challenges I face during my research is the language barriers. Obviously, I travel to different countries and I speak to different masters from those countries. So I often one of those things that sometimes things get lost in translation. And I had a seminar recently yeah. where one of my audience members, she pointed it out and she pointed out very well that a puppet master can struggle to express their culture and their ideas because of language. Because language and translation can get in the way of authentically and entirely expressing a culture. And I totally agree with that. If I was to describe a Russian concept through puppetry, mm. it's so challenging because yeah. obviously, for example, to an English audience, that's a completely foreign concept. And some of the words yeah. of the visual language can com get completely missed simply because there is that cultural barrier. But I feel like that's a challenge that then becomes a great motivating factor for artists like myself to make culture more accessible, to make the dialogue about culture more open and open to mm -hmm. more people. So that's kind of what I'm dedicating myself to at the moment. So it's a challenge, but it's also a great motivating factor. <laughs> so, 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 so you're trying to learn Japanese language, if you oh. still remember about the Japanese language. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried. I've my language skills are not great especially in indonesia <laughs> i mean it's very <laughs> but yeah, i mean i speak english obviously and that's what gets me mm. around the world quite a bit but it's still never i never expect people to you know speak english because it's just if it's a norm in europe sometimes it doesn't mean the rest of the world has to speak it so i always make make it a point to try and familiar like meet more locals and find a good interpreter. So what are usually one of my colleagues in the companies that I work in, for example, in Jogja, we had some amazing, Benny mm -hmm. and Ria, who's the founder of the company, their English was, was amazing. And they were so lovely with helping me translate my questions to mm -hmm. masters I interviewed, like the Dalang we spoke to, didn't speak English, which is totally fine. So we had, we talked to him together as a group. Mm, that's nice experience and actually i'm curious if you're trying to make a performance with the arabian language <laughs> oh no no i didn't i didn't do it i just did it in english that's really hard. yes yeah oh, no and i think it's also yeah god yeah i mean i feel like if i tried it, it would take me such a long time to actually get to a, an acceptable level <laughs> of language to perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so, well, it's just, try not to offend anyone as well. <laughs> I, I feel curious why you just Yogyakarta and why you just Indonesia, especially Yogyakarta, and why still curious about it. Yes. And how do you know about the Yogyakarta? Maybe you know about the history of uh, the puppet or Wayang Kulit. Mm -hmm. I don't know, how can you research about it? Yeah, well, that I've been asked that before by the guys in the company that I worked at. I actually found out about the company first, so Paper Moon Puppet Company. I found out about them from a colleague of mine in London, so someone I work with in a children's theatre in London. And he, wow. he mentioned their international uh, festivaleka, so their international puppetry festival that they do. They're doing it um, in October this year, actually, again. 
So mm-hmm. he mentioned because he wanted to go, and I looked them up. I looked at the festival, and the dates weren't work- working out for me. The dates in October, I had to be somewhere else for that. And I thought, well, I might as well do residency because I found they had a residency program. So an artist can come there and live there in a residency house and work with them in their studio, which is an amazing thing to do. So I thought, well, that's great. And it turns out they're in Jogja. That's where I found out about Jogja. And I always wanted to go to Southeast Asia to do some research because it's so far away from what I'm used to. And that'd be a great way to kind of challenge myself and kind of push myself to get outside my bubble and learn about other people, other cultures, other continents. So that's that's kind so, of where um, it Wait, okay, okay, I got trouble on my phone. I don't know, got notification, right. <laughs> sorry. That's right. Okay, so so I think like Indonesia, I mean like why uncle it be famous in London, right? Near especially in your college. No. <laughs> What I've never heard of it before I came to Indonesia. That's the truth. I've never oh. heard about Wayang. I mean, I've looked mm-hmm. at some books because I was before I went to Indonesia. I did look at some traditional puppetry, and I was mm-hmm. about it. But because I was going to a contemporary puppet theater, I didn't think mm-hmm. I would get a chance to explore the traditional mm-hmm. puppetry. But thankfully, one of my colleagues in the theater he knew a Dalang, and they took me to see. Oh, you Dalang. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. So they, they took me to see the Wayang performance, the seven hour overnight. Uh, whole yeah, thing. what do you think about the Wayang performance? Oh, it was incredible. I, well, I've never seen anything like it. It's such a unique style. Yeah, but Wayang performing with the Japanese, Japanese language, right? And yeah, did yeah, you yeah. understand about it? No, I didn't understand <laughs> a single word, honestly. No, but uh, not even my colleagues did because they didn't speak Japanese, they spoke Indonesian. <laughs> Uh, we were just appreciating the beautiful puppets from both sides, uh-huh. front and the back. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was kind of sitting down and writing down some notes, and then I discovered that this particular Dalang, so this particular Wayang master, he combines his practice with contemporary performance, which is hip hop. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. why I really wanted to interview him. And luckily, Benny, who's in the puppet company that I worked in, he knew him. He arranged an interview for me. That's where, and that yeah. that's what was the start of my kind of research about Wayang. Because before that, I've seen it in photos, and I thought, wow, those things are amazing. It's brilliant, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't really have a source directly connected to it. Which luckily now I do have, but it takes yeah. well, it's an intricate art that it would take a lifetime to study. So I know I'm not. I barely scratched the surface by talking to him. So yeah, that's kind of... Yeah. And do you ever see uh, a Wayang Orang and visited Bali? I mean, like, in Bali, we have perf- Wayang Orang performance every day. Oh, wow. Did you know about it? No, I didn't know about it. I was, it was a shame because I was meant to be in Bali for two days and I was meant to go to the Puppetry and Mass Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went, I was meant to go and see that, but then my flights got all messed up. One got pushed back, one got pushed forward. So I only was left with seven hours in Bali, so I couldn't do anything. Yeah. That is a reason mm-hmm. for me to come back. So that's the reason for me to get back to Indonesia yeah. and to Bali. I would really, really like to explore that area of Indonesia in terms of puppetry, 
but also their kites. Mm -hmm. So the kite, because now is the kite flying season. And mm -hmm. I found, uh, my friends told me some stories about it and how there is a slight relationship between Wayang and the kite making and that kind of intricate work and how deeply it's rooted in your traditions. Yeah. So I feel like there's plenty of research to do in Bali and I would really like to do it. I think it's for another time. <laughs> You have to beg for holiday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. I get yeah, promise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. I have a last question for you. And what the differences between your design uh, with another designers? I know like the papa. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a special things from your papa? And, and I know, and I have researched about you, and you have the creepy puppet. But I really like it. Yeah, <laughs> I really like it. I really love it because, like, yeah. like you, uh, do you know like Carolyn movie cartoon? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the difference in your 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 design with another designers? Yeah, would that be particularly for puppetry, or should I speak about performance design in general? Because I mean, mm -hmm. different, basically obviously every designer has a different style and a different approach because every artist and every designer tells their story and every story is different so yeah. I feel like in my life in my story the one that I'm telling through my designs it's well it reflects a lot of my journey traveling from Russia to Montenegro to England and kind of going from the most eastern side of Europe to the most western side and yeah I didn't even realize my drawings and my illustrations of costumes were Slavic until Paul mm -hmm. pointed it out to me in England mm -hmm. University. Um, when I lived in Montenegro and in my teenage years and when I was just kind of getting passionate about art and performance, I didn't have access mm -hmm. to proper education and art. I didn't get the training that most people mm -hmm. did get uh, when I, in the university that I got to, thankfully I got to a really high level sort of education in London but everyone had some kind of training beforehand or they you know took art in high school I did not have art in high school so I did a lot of self-teaching and I was never taught proportion or proper drawings of humans <laughs> so I just kind of did it as I did it I, I was just trying it out and then when I got to university um my illustrations of costumes my tutor uh Pip so she she was like, the arms are so long. The arms are unproportionately mm -hmm. long. But obviously she didn't criticize me for it. She said, well, that's the unique thing about you. That's the unique, that's just how you do it. So that, mm -hmm. those little things that reflect my journey and how I've been taught and I've, how I've been exposed to arts and performance, mm -hmm. it all kind of mm -hmm. held up into what I do and how I do it, how I illustrate my design, yeah. how I make my puppets. So I'm so used to not having proper focused education and training in what I do. It's always been a hobby and I've always just, <laughs> I always just sat down yeah. with stuff and I tried to make it work without a system, without following a principle, without <laughs> much of what other people are doing. So sometimes things end up looking wonky or weird or they don't work out right away because the practicality isn't right or the mechanism is <laughs> wrong so I just redo it yeah. and I end up with something that is just you know crafted by mistakes 
And yeah. I, that, that's, I guess that's one, another thing in my practice. And I'm sure most other designers do it as well. We all learn by making mistakes. Uh, but yeah, it's basically, <laughs> yeah, it's basically just, yeah, it, it is what it is. I feel like every, every designer would say that, that every single style is different. Mm -hmm. And it also, it also depends on the sector of the performance you're interested in. I have colleagues who are passionate about opera so they go mm. into the opera world where the the artists and the designers are also also have very different styles maybe it's darker maybe it's brighter maybe it's more gothic or you know it just depends yeah. on which world you're in because i mm -hmm. recently i've been in the world of children's theater which is often quite bright and crazy and fun yeah my mm -hmm. style has become a lot more vibrant and chaotic than it used to be before. So it evolves and it constantly changes. You can't really pinpoint like a specific, this is how I do it and that's it. It always, always changes. Every project mm -hmm. will be different. So that's, yeah. So I hope that answers the question basically. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have 10 minutes yes. again. So the last is, uh, can you uh, tell the people about your um, motivation or message or persuade the people how to uh, know about the puppet and what uh, what uh, you uh, what do you want to tell to people about you? And after that, you can promote your uh, art and about yourself and everything. And how can people like knowing you? Maybe you have a YouTube channel or Spotify or everything. Fair enough. Yep. So in terms of motivation, again, everyone's different. For me personally, what motivates me a lot is <laughs> proving people wrong. <laughs> so if people, a person tells me, well, you can't do that, and I'll have to just prove them wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's, well, one of the things that motivates me. And then mm -hmm. personally, my family as well. The reason, One of the reasons I do children's theater is because I have two little children. I have a little sister and a little brother. Uh, so very much just making the people around me happy. And that's mm -hmm. another thing that puppetry does so, so well out of, you know, it really makes it stand out from a lot of other performance practices is that puppetry mm -hmm. makes people so, so happy and so emotional because it, it could be anything. And it's such a great reflection mm -hmm. of a human being and of like an exposed oh. vulnerable human being. So that's, I feel that makes people feel comfortable and invested in it. So that's another, yeah, just making people and be emotional. <laughs> that's one thing that motivates me as well, because I feel like in the modern world, we really get stuck in our kind of bubbles that- Exactly. Are, yeah, we start to forget how to express ourselves, yeah. express our emotions, interact with other people, especially after the pandemic. The pandemic made us all very antisocial, which is totally fine, but now we're starting yeah. to climb out of it and back into social lives and back into social circle, circles to work and all these things. So now yeah. I feel like theater is more important right now than ever to remind people of how to yeah. do these things, of how to mm -hmm. get back to the emotional lives, you know, and get in touch yeah, with like in your era, like uh, children don't 
don't really know about the puppet and I think like puppet is a you know like a history and we have to remember about it and all people right now is you know just forget and focus in our gadget and children really like YouTube then yeah. doll our puppet performance you know what I mean yeah and it is true it I is, mean, it's sad but it is true but I feel like if artists contemporary artists especially obviously with traditional puppetry it's a whole different story it can get pretty repetitive yeah. and it could well obviously it's been done for so long and in respect of tradition you have to continue yeah. doing it the same way so artists are often afraid to change things and challenge tradition but that's what mm -hmm. I discovered at Paper Moon in Indonesia is that they challenge tradition quite a lot and that's the thing that motivates yes. them and that's also the thing that makes people so captivated by what they do because that Agreed. makes their work so interesting and makes it stand out because now people look well they are discovering their work on their phones but then yeah seeing this amazing thing that they've created will help people get out of their homes get out of their gadget and go and see yeah that's why i feel impressed yeah because you know oh. i'm young i really know about the history about the wayang kulit and you know about it like you know but has a lot and that's really feel like okay yeah well i try my best you know you can't the only thing i really don't like is ignorance you really need to try and learn humans have the yeah. gift of being curious humans have the ability mm -hmm. to learn and you know grow and develop their creativity and their creative thinking so if we have that gift we need to embrace it and that's, yeah, especially being exposed to different cultures and learning about them is so, so interesting. Yeah. People should do it more because it, it makes, it makes for such great conversations. It starts, yeah. we get back to, you know, talking to people yeah. and interacting with them and just making more mm -hmm. friends, meeting some great, great friends for life. And that's, you know, that's precious. That's the thing that you don't forget in life. So I guess that's, yeah, that's that motivates most artists these days as well because yes. another thing like I, I'm seeing a lot of artists start getting sick of the cities and the kind of nine to five working in their social media all the time mm -hmm. so artists, artists are coming back to nature and are getting back to the countryside and stuff so yeah yeah that's a great thing to see yeah so that's why I'm interested to talk with you and glad to know you really. And I'm really nervous right now, actually. Ah, bless you. No, don't worry about it. Honestly, no. <laughs> yeah. So um, thank you very much uh, for telling about your history. I'm really glad to know you. Valeria? Oh, Valerie. Valeria is fine. Yeah. Thank you. Valerie. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know how to say thank you, and I don't really, you know, I don't know, you're really very, very kind, and I don't expect that you're gonna reply my message on Instagram, that's why, like, oh, no, but no, I no. got your notification, like, shit, man, she's fucking <laughs> kind. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> no, of course, no, I was glad, I was so honored to be, you know, invited, thank you so much. No, I, I love doing yeah, this well, it, it's great, it's great to speak to people around the world and just share. Yeah. But yeah, I need to interview yeah. you. I need to interview you more about how, what you do in your podcast. I'm also curious about how you do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, so I think uh our time is that I mean like finish. I just have three minutes again, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So maybe we can continue our conversation on DM Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to follow my work, you can yeah follow me on Instagram. If you want to put that in whatever description you do on the uh podcast, you can link my social mm -hmm. media there and in my Instagram bio, there's my website. So you can go take a look at that. I'm not uh, a marketing person. Yeah. I don't promote my work as much on social media, but you can definitely see what I do and what I get up to in my research and stuff. If you're curious, I'd be happy to. I'm so curious. I swear by God, I'm so curious. <laughs> and I let my friends know about you. And that's oh, why I'm here right now. With awesome. You. <laughs> awesome. No, honestly, I'd be happy. Like my DMs and Instagram are always open for talks and conversations mm -hmm. around not only what I do, but what other people do. If people, if there's an artist, yeah. there artists out there that would like to share yeah. with me their practice, I would love to hear. So for anyone yeah. who wants to reach out, feel free to do so. I'm very happy to speak to you. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So I'm um, sorry because I trouble you. You have to record this oh, conversation. Don't worry about it. Absolutely <laughs> no problem. No, don't worry about it. Don't be silly. Honestly, I mean, like I just I just tell my MacBook got got a new one and I don't really know how to use this and I have I have a phone system on my laptop. You know what I mean? Like Android yeah, system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Nah, don't okay. worry. It. It's tricky. Technology is not my best friend either, so don't. Absolutely, no worries. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, bye bye. Thank, Thank you very so much. much I'll see you on Thursday. Yeah. Bye bye. See you.